Have you come to the point in your life where doing that work, church, home, repeat just isn't working for you anymore and you know there's got to be more to life than this? Then girl, you've come to the right place. I'm Kimberly Knight and this is The Physician Podcast. As a certified coach, consultant, author, and speaker, I've had the privilege of helping women to position themselves for success in life, love, and business. So if you're ready for some wisdom wrapped up in a little bit of girlfriend, join me and other experts each week as we give you the conversation, coaching, and keys you need to take you to your next steps. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Kimberly Knight, and I am going to talk about the five power moves that you can take to position yourself for love. So if you're single and ready to mingle, this is for you. Now, listen, I don't want my married listeners to tune out because you have daughters and friends and nieces and cousins who need this information. So not only do I want you to listen to it so you can give them good advice, but I pass this, don't you forward this episode to them because this is going to be really good. And I will tell you, these power moves really did lead me to meeting the love of my life. So listen up. The first power move is pray, knowing that prayer alone is not enough to position you for love. So you may or may not know that I have been working with single ladies who were ready to position themselves for lasting love. And we have found out a lot of things in our do not attempt without and trusting God. You try this at home? Yeah, don't try that. You definitely want to make sure that you're praying. You definitely want to make sure that you're listening. But there's also some very practical things that we need to do, right? And it's not all about lip tips and fingertips. I mean, that's some of it, but it's not all of it. So in addition to praying, there are some things that you want to make sure that you are looking at in your lives. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But I want to make sure that your prayer is not just moaning and groaning and that you're really praying. I'll share a few things with you about my journey. I was single after my divorce for almost 15 years before I met my husband. And I cannot tell you how many countless hours, and I'm being honest, countless hours, moaning, groaning, and complaining to God about being single. Why, Lord, why? When, Lord, when? It's just not fair. Yeah, all of that. Mm -hmm. Moaning, groaning, and complaining. And guess what? That's not. That's not prayer. What I remember one day, And I was doing my moan and groan, and I literally just felt in my spirit like, stop it. Just stop it, right? I am a prayer warrior, and anyone who knows me knows. I pray about everything. I pray all day long, all types of prayer. Sometimes it's hour. Sometimes it's a minute. Sometimes it's a help, Lord. That's a prayer y'all know. That's help, Lord. Yes. But I pray all day long about everything. But this one particular area of my life was very hard for me to pray about. And I felt like I was single beyond my season. So I was frustrated. And frustrated prayer usually comes out as a complaint. And this one day, I got tired of hearing myself. And it registered just in my spirit, just stop. You're not praying, you're complaining. And I had to shift how I was praying. And I will tell you the truth. I didn't just shift how I was praying. I had to fast to get into that shift because I had gotten into the rhythm of complaining for so long that all I was doing was 
complaining to God. I wasn't praying and I wasn't doing anything practical. And I have to tell you that nothing changed until I changed. And when I changed how I prayed and when I did some practical things, can I tell you, I went from three dates in 10 years to more than I could handle. And this is no lie. One of these days, I'm going to have one of my sister friends on here so we can talk about that whole process that I walked through because everything changed when I did. So prayer is not enough. And if you're complaining, moaning, and groaning, that's not prayer. All right. Let's talk about power move number two. Power move number two is you've got to build a solid village. Now, y'all know I love a good village. I love my village people, right? So you have to make sure that these people are equipped to be in your village. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting. Just because someone loves you doesn't mean that they should have a house on Main Street of your village when it comes to positioning yourself for love. I will tell you another thing I found out that was very interesting. Nothing exposes a hidden hater quicker than an open blessing. Mm, That'll preach. Nothing exposes a hidden hater quicker than an open blessing. And when I started getting all this attention, I have to tell you, some of these friends became frenemies. Now, I have to tell you, I was shocked. Shocked and dismayed. Shocked, dismayed, and hurt. But I will tell you what I did. It taught me how to pay attention when a villager starts living on the lawn. Mm -hmm. You better pay attention if your villager starts going to the outhouse. Come on now. So I had to pay attention to that. And there were some people who couldn't take that journey with me. There were other people who were well-meaning, but their advice was skewed, right? It was tainted by their own experiences. It was tainted by their own dysfunctions. It was tainted by their own traumatic experiences and they couldn't give me sound counsel or wisdom or support. I couldn't fault them for that. They weren't doing it on purpose. It's just where they were in their stage of healing. So I had to be aware of that. I had to be conscious of that. Also, there were people who were advising me to be single and content. Now, get a little bit more transparent about that. In having those discussions with them and in their reactions to my engagement, they didn't think I'd ever get married. Like they didn't think it was possible for me. So they're telling me to stay single and be content was more about they didn't think that there was anyone who would marry me or that I would get married. So they were trying to let me down easy. Um, yeah. No, I'm going to have to move you off of Main Street too. There were other people who were giving me advice, but didn't share my value system, right? So as I said, I pray about everything. I believe God, Jesus is Lord in my life, and I conduct everything around that, right? So everything comes out of that relationship. So if you're giving me advice that doesn't line up with that. Well, can't put you on Main Street. And there may be sometimes I could eat the meat and spit out the bones, but I had to be very aware and very conscious of where that information was coming from, right? So it's not just enough for them to have information that you need or to be able to support you. It also looks like, does that support align with your worldview? And my worldview is kingdom. My worldview is Jesus. So if it didn't line up with that, if it didn't line up with what I know to be true from the word, 
I had to reject the information. I could take the little pieces that I could use and move on. Also, I had some friends who had fabulous marriages, but they hadn't been single in decades. So they were giving me information that would have been valuable to me in my 20s. But I was 47 when I met my husband and 48 when I married him. So um, girls, I'm sure you know by now, there's a big difference between who you are in your 20s and who you are in your 40s. And the way that you date and meet men in your 20s does not look the same in your 40s. And what you need in your 20s is not the same as what you need in your 40s. What's important to you in your 20s is not important to you the same way in your 40s, nor should it be, right? There was also things that they had never experienced, like online dating. And I have to tell you, most of my friends who've been married for a long time were totally against online dating. But guess where I met my husband? Online dating. You know, I had to say, wait a minute, I may have to go outside of my village because my villagers right now who are great on other streets can't coast with me on this main street. So I hired a coach. I hired some other people. I got into a group with other single ladies who had the same mindset and worldview. And we would talk about our experiences, our fun, our disappointments, our concerns, but we could do it because we were all at that same stage of life, same stage of relationship or lack thereof. And it was so beneficial because I could keep them on my main street. So again, you want to make sure that you are building your village properly. You've got to build it properly. So let's look at power move number three. If you are ready to position yourself for love. So power move number three is you're going to have to deal with your just in case guys. Mm -mm -mm. So if you've been hanging on to exes, that just in case guy, that coulda, woulda, shoulda, might be guy, you know, at the award shows, they call them seat fillers. So if the award shows didn't have all of the seats taken up, they actually hire actors to sit in these seats so that it looks like it's full house. So some of us have these hangers on that we've been keeping just in case, just in case I need to go to a function and I need an escort, just in case I don't want to go to a friend's wedding alone just in case he might be the one. I mean, he gives me the creeps a little bit and I'm pretty sure that I don't want him long-term, but some kind of man is better than no man, that guy. We got to deal with that girls because that guy is actually blocking you from receiving the real thing. So if you've got a seat filler, the man who really belongs in that seat can't sit there because it's already occupied. Come on girls, it's time to loose that man and let him go. It's also a poverty and lack mindset, like some kind of guy is better than having the real thing, or he's not Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now. Mm -mm. So you definitely want to deal with that. And I am going to give you a resource for that. I have a download that I want to gift to you. I want to sew this into your life. It is called, should I take my ex back? Because you know, I'm coming for that right now, right? Should I take my ex back? So that's the other just-in-case guy, that ex who is not quite done, like the relationship is over, but it's not really done kind of thing. 
or he keeps circling back or you keep circling back or you have a pattern or a cycle, y'all, you know, every spring he kind of crops back up or here's my favorite, the holidays. I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, my, my, my. Haven't heard from him since Easter, right? Sometimes you don't want things resurrected, girls. Mm -mm. And I did a whole download on that. I'm going to put that link in the show notes so that you can have access to that. That's my gift to you. Please download it. Share it with your friends because they need it too. Mm -hmm. And it'll help you to look at should you take your ex back? Because there are some times you should take your ex back. I'm not going to deny that. But there are some things you want to ask before you make that decision. There's some things you need to consider before you decide whether or not to let your ex back in your life. But if you've done all of that and you know that this ex is an ex for a reason, you need to block it, stop it, discontinue it so that you can make room for the new one. I'm talking about power moves. No longer will you entertain Mr. Right now when you're waiting for Mr. Right. All right. So let's move on to power move number four. Power move number four is to make sure that we are not so busy waiting for the parade that we're missing those strolling by. So I grew up in New York City and I have been to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I mean, in its heyday. And it was unbelievable, larger than life, right? You've got the bands, you've got the balloons. And then at the end, you know, Santa's on the sleigh and there are literally millions and millions of people and it is an experience to behold. But there are all these people that you could meet that are not part of the parade, that are fabulous people. And you have these fabulous conversations as the floats pass by and you're enjoying their presence because you're excited and you're ooing and eyeing, you're pointing to things. And if you're not careful, you could be so busy paying attention to the parade that you miss the other piece of the fun. And the other piece of the fun is being able to enjoy with the regular, everyday, ordinary people standing next to you. So sometimes we are looking at the parade, waiting for this big moment, right? Like on the romance channel, where they have these big romance moments and the stars light up and the waterfall crests and the moon shines and, and you're just like, ah, and you have all of this stop. No, you're looking at the parade and missing the people strolling by. Because he might not ever be on the cover of GQ. He might be the right guy for you. I call it the Cinderella complex and I had it very badly, right? So those close to 15 years that I was single, I would sometimes daydream about what it would be like when I met this man. He would walk into the church and he would say, is this pew taken? He would be the nephew, grandson, cousin of somebody in the church, right? Because of course, I didn't want to have to screen him. He would come pre-screened, of course. And he would just be perfect. He would be a mind reader. He would be tall, dark, and handsome, smart, rich. Love these things and have eyes for no one but me. And he would look at me and say, yes, you are who I've been waiting for my whole life. I must marry you today. Child, please, let me tell you something. It did not happen like that at all. I met this man online and. He is absolutely the love of my life, but it was nothing like that. Listen, Cinderella had to give up the glass slipper, okay? It did not happen like that, and that's okay. 
And it came to the point that I had to deal with, did I really want to position myself for lasting love or did I want to hang on to my fantasy? Did it have to happen the way I imagined it? Or was I okay thinking out of the box? Was I okay coming out of my comfort zone? Because I have to tell you, online dating was way outside of my comfort zone. Way, 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 way outside of my comfort zone. It was in a different time zone. (laughs) So I had to reimagine what that would look like for me. And I had to be okay with that. And when I started getting okay with that, that was another power move I made to position myself for love. So number five, and this is really, really powerful. So I want you to listen to this power move because I'm telling you, when you get this, some things are going to shift for you. Stop looking for your soulmate and look for your soulmate. So you're going to shift from looking for your S-O-U-L mate and look for your S-O-L-E mate. So let me explain. If you think about your soul, Your soul is comprised of your mind, will, emotions, and imaginations. So it's what we think, want, and feel. Now, girls, if we're honest, that can shift at any time. As a matter of fact, if your hormones flux just right, that might shift every 10 minutes. What you think, what you want, what you feel, and what you imagine. So I think what we have done is in reading books and watching movies and seeing shows is we have made something that should be a little bit more practical, quite mystical. Rather than looking for your soulmate, like this person who's going to be your perfect completion, by the way, you're already complete in Christ. You don't need someone to complete you. You're already complete. And if you don't think you're complete, then there's some other things that you need to do to position yourself so that you're attracting a whole person. I don't believe in this half and half thing. That's another show. I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, but you should be a whole person. You don't need somebody who is going to complete you or compete with you. Oh yes, I got to do that show. Okay. So rather than base it on these things that are transient, these things that can change, these things that aren't lasting. Your mind, will, and emotion, what you think, what you want, and what you feel is going to change. But when you're talking about preparing and positioning yourself for lasting love, we're talking about covenant level stuff. I'm going to need something more sure and secure than how I'm feeling today. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And sometimes that happens all in the same day. Hmm. Sometimes that'll happen all in the same conversation. All right. We can get free if we be truthful. So I want you to look for your soulmate when you are meeting men and you will, you will, you want to make sure that you are looking at it from the aspect of, can this person be my soulmate, my one and only S-O-L-E, not is this person the magical completion for me, S-O-U-L, my soulmate. Also, the thing I don't like about looking for your S-O-U-L mate is that People think it's just one person. And then if something goes wrong or you have a disagreement with that person, well, they're no longer my soulmate. Well, not so fast. Because if you are looking to position yourself for love and marriage, you can't go jump and ship every time they make you mad. And I don't care how good of a guy he is, at some point he's going to get on your nerves and make you mad. I'm telling you what I know for sure. I have a fantastic husband and there are times. Well, we just get on each other's nerves. (laughs) It doesn't mean I don't love him. It doesn't mean I'm not committed. It just means we're human and we're going through a human experience. 
So I have to be committed to him because he is my soul, S-O-L-E mate. And I am in covenant with him. And covenant is not based on feeling. Covenant is based on responsibility. Covenant is based on I made a commitment. And whether I feel like being committed today or not is beside the point because I know love is not a feeling. Love is a decision and a responsibility. Woof, that'll preach. I felt that in my Holy Ghost. So I want to say to you, that last power move, that mind shift that I had to make, that paradigm change that I had to make, that really positioned me for lasting love was to move from my S-O-U-L mate mindset to my S-O-L-E mate mindset. And I'm sure it's going to do the same for you. So those are the five power moves you want to make if you're ready to position yourself for lasting love. Also, I want you to tell me what you think about this. I know I am going to get some emails about this one and I would love to hear from you. My contact information is in the show notes along with the link to download the Should I Take My Ex Back PDF. Get in touch, girls. Share this with a friend. You know they need it. Until next time, be wonderfully blessed. Bye now. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening so you never miss one. I would love it if you would share the podcast with your friends, post about it on Facebook and Instagram, or leave a review. That way you can help me to bring you more great content and expert guests. Until next week, be blessed. Be blessed.